And welcome Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Power, SportsX Radio on Friday, December the 23rd. Folks, hope you're all getting ready. Hopefully you're able to stay warm for the holidays. And I know a lot of you back east and uh, Midwest, it's going to be tough with that uh, snow and ice and whatever else comes at you. That's why I transplanted from Jersey to the West Coast. Smart enough to realize there's no more shoveling snow for the Grinch. Ken Thompson's not shoveling snow anymore. Look, if I want to see snow, I'll drive 40 minutes to Mount Charleston at the right time. Other than that, I'm good to go. I'm a desert rat for a long time, better than three decades now. Desert from Palm Springs to Laughlin to Vegas to Phoenix, all four of those places back and forth. Enjoy them big time. But you stay warm and you listen to SportsX Radio next couple hours. Brad Powers, who is in first place in the Golden Nugget Contest. Are you kidding me? BP with three weeks to go at Brad Powers 7. You follow this guy. He's making you money hand over fist. In fact, good buddy of mine, Mark Trezzi, said, man, thank God I listened to Powers in eastern Michigan. Took care of business. Got me back where I needed to be on track as far as bowls. Now, last night, I wasn't so fortunate. Baylor getting mm bum rush basically by Air Force and an impressive outing again in the Armed Forces Bowl by a service academy. Good job there. Army had won three of the last four of those and uh, Air Force takes care of business in a big way. And that's scary for Big 12 country, especially for TCU. Remember TCU had to trot that field goal team on against Baylor and kick that game-winning field goal as time was running out. That scared me just the way that Baylor got no pressure on the quarterback or could stop the run. They had weeks to prepare for this option offense. They just didn't look good, and their offense looked anemic. So we'll see if that transpires as we get close to New Year's Eve. And that, of course, when the playoff games are going, we'll hit those games in hour number two. We're going to pick up the bowl games on tomorrow, uh, December 24th, Middle Tennessee State and San Diego State. We, of course, originate at the PSBR Law Studios, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, Wednesday. Always catch me at Steiner's Pub, PSBRlaw.com. Over $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last decade for their clients. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. 702 area code, you got that down. Jot it down. You may need this for personal injury help in the future. 830-9353, 830-9353, And I welcome in my good pal, Brad Powers, BP, great to have you, and congrats. I mean, I, I'm not one of those guys that wants to jinx you. You got three. He just did by saying congrats. Uh, look, there's no yeah, – look, there, congrats as far as being where you're at. To just be in the mix with two entries, you're sitting in first and seventh. That's hard to do in itself, you know, eight weeks into a contest. But here you go with three weeks to go. You're sitting pretty good. Look, if I didn't have total confidence in the way that you play your games, I wouldn't come at it and I wouldn't even bring it up. But I'm very impressed. You've been doing it all season long here on the Friday Football Fiasco. You've got so many fans, you know, throughout the country, throughout the world. You've made a lot of people a lot of money. Folks that got involved got your newsletter. They're making good money. But the folks that got involved with the VIP service, they're making even better money. BP, great to have you for the final uh, Friday Football Fiasco of the season. Thanks for having me, KT. Uh, As always, it's a pleasure being here, and we'll see. I I'm known to, to screw some things up down the stretch. The pressure gets to me, but uh, so far, so good. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, too concerned about pressure. All right, so what we're going to do is we'll pick it up with the game uh, from Hawaii. Of course, this will be on Christmas Eve from Honolulu. It'll be the Hawaii Bowl, Middle Tennessee State, with uh, Coach Stockstill going up against Brady Hoke and San Diego State. We'll start there, and then we'll take it all the way to the end. We can't, of course, get that national championship game FBS style, but we can mention the FCS national championship game and we'll leave mark hoke out of this because we know he's biased but bp 
your take as North Dakota State wins at the Fargo Dome. They get past Incarnate Word. And then the team that you thought could take out South Dakota State, Montana State, got throttled pretty good by the Jackrabbits. Yeah, I was wrong on that one, to say the least. Uh, Montana State, non-competitive, start to finish pretty much there. Uh, A total beatdown by South Dakota State. Uh, South Dakota State is number one in my power ratings, but I'm not sure that on a neutral field they can lay more than three in this situation. So I am going to lean North Dakota State. Get Give me that hook, that plus three and a half. There's some plus four out there. Keep in mind, in the earlier matchup, South Dakota State did win that game in the Fargo Dome, but North Dakota State, if we're doing line comparison, was favored by four, four and a half. So at that time, it was saying North Dakota State was the better team on a neutral field. And these two teams qualify for the championship game. I mean, did they really change that much? So I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, I think quarterback-wise, a big advantage for the Jackrabbits. That's where I'll hang my hat. But, of course, North Dakota State, they've been banged up, and they get some of their players back. This game will be January the 8th. Who do you like in the game? You like? Okay, so you said three and a hook. Anything over three, you like North Dakota State? Yep. I'm going to play, of course, South Dakota State. I think it's their one chance you know, that they have to beat Big Brother. Okay, Big well, Brother, of course, Big North Brother. Dakota State. Yeah, but they not got three in the, recent wins against them. Right, but not – when it counts, not in <laughs> yeah, good point. You know, the, when when everything's on the line, and this is the first time I believe, right, in the in the championship game that they're going to be meeting. Yeah, it is. I mean, and keep in mind, this is like Ohio State and Michigan playing for the national championship. That's how big this rivalry is, and uh, would be. I, you know, sorry, Mark, but I look. I think the values on North Dakota State, but me personally, I'm rooting for South Dakota State to win this. It'd be their first national championship. I mean, come on, how many national championships do you need for North Dakota State? There you go. It'd be good for the FCS for South Dakota State to win. I agree with you a thousand percent. I'll be wearing that Jackrabbits polo on uh, the week of January 8th. I'll probably wear that every single day into the studio that I'm there just to uh, make my pal Mark Hoke, my great producer, make him a happy camper. He, of course, a graduate of North Dakota State. For those that haven't listened to the show, he loves his alma mater, the Bison. Do not get it wrong. It is the Bison. They will take on the Jackrabbits on January 8th. Let's start it off, BP. Let's jump into it. Middle Tennessee State, San Diego State, Aztecs, familiar with the Hawaii Bowl. I mean, not just the bowl, but the atmosphere. San Diego State, every other year, they go to Hawaii, take on the Rainbow Warriors. Middle Tennessee State, Probably happy to be there. Chase Cunningham, not a bad quarterback. Frank Peasant, pretty good running back. They've got some receivers. Lane, Gaithings, uh, Ali, uh, Fluella, 97 tackles from a safety position, leads the way. Jordan Ferguson, nine sacks, plus eight in the old turnover department, plus four in the sack department. 34 sacks for the Blue Raiders. For San Diego State, not as good statistically, but when they made the quarterback switch to Jalen Maiden, they kind of changed things around. The offense got going. They weren't the same stagnant offense, just relying on the run game that we've seen. In fact, he threw for 17, 21, 10 touchdowns. Did have seven interceptions. Uh, that was a little bit concerning there, the, the uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio. Bird Armstead and Kristen in the backfield, not even 1,000 yards, six on the ground in paid, that hit pay dirt. Uh, but Shaver, Matthews, and Shaw, pretty good on the receiving sw- side. Uh, senior linebacker Shawcroft uh, led that defense. And uh, Jonah Tavai, nine sacks. Dallas Branch, three interceptions. What about it? San Diego State minus 6.5-49. Westgate Superbook, we use their lines. Uh, there still are a couple sevens out there in Vegas, minus even money. Uh, but I like San Diego State in the game, uh, but I respect Middle Tennessee. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I'm on San Diego State. I think you hit the nail on the head. Familiar, familiarity with 
Hawaii. I mean, it is a unique travel spot. Also, you mentioned it. the The team got better with, with Maiden at quarterback down the stretch. Won five of their last seven games. One of the losses was a fluke, kind of the end of the Fresno State game where they blow a double digit lead in the final minute of that game. Middle Tennessee got overpriced in the market. They beat Miami. Oh my God, huge upset. Well, the reality is Miami's not that good. And last eight games, Middle Tennessee covered twice. So give me San Diego State. All right, so San Diego State, that's the opener. That'll be tomorrow. Again, we're taping this show on Friday morning. Got a couple bowl games. One will start up in just a little bit, and then another one later on today on the Friday. Uh, We went over all those games. It'll be Houston, UL Lafayette in their Independence Bowl, and then Wake Forest, Missouri in the Gasparilla Bowl. By the way, Missouri basketball, boy, destroyed Illinois last night. Very impressive effort there by the Tigers to take out uh, Coach Underwood and the Illini. They play that game every year in St. Louis, but that one was a beatdown by Mizzou. They're hoping that it transpires onto the grid. What happened to your boy Fran today. the other night? Fran, 31-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorites. How happy was I that I hadn't had him scheduled for an interview, say, the day after? But <laughs> unbelievable. I was watching that, and I saw that score come up with Eastern Illinois leading. Uh, they were up by 10 points with about six minutes to go, and I said, oh, man. And I even alerted the guys at the sports book. I said, hey, this is big. But they didn't have the line. Only a few places had the line. Caesars did have a line, plus 27.50 on Eastern Illinois. And then I saw Chris, bookmaker, had it uh, less than that, at I think uh, plus 23.50. You had to, however, Brad, at Caesars, you had to lay $80,000 to win $100 on Iowa straight up in that wow. game against Eastern Illinois. Has to be one of the biggest upsets ever, right? Yeah. I I asked Mark Lawrence he was going to go back in his database. Uh, but, yeah, 31.5-point favorite. That is huge. And, uh, boy, that's just tough to live that one down. However, if you were fortunate enough to have Eastern Illinois on the money line, kudos to you. Uh, New car Powers. for Christmas. Yeah, there you, well, a used car. Actually, used cars are pretty expensive nowadays, too. All right, speaking of uh, alma maters, Brad Powers, Uh as we talked about uh, Mark Hoke's alma mater, the North Dakota State Bison, yours is Bowling Green. The Falcons are in the Quick Lane Bowl at Ford Field indoors in Detroit. Good thing it's indoors. They won't have to deal with that frigid cold, but can't see a ton of folks getting there. Maybe from Bowling Green, New Mexico State. I know they haven't made bowl games. Give Jerry Kill credit, but look at this team's schedule. I mean, they had to add Valparaiso to get that 12th game because of their game against San Jose State, which was canceled after the untimely death of one of the uh, San Jose State Spartan players, uh, the young freshman running back. New Mexico State also had a win against Lamar, 51-14, to beat Valparaiso in that add-on game, 65-3. to So it's two FCS games. Uh, they're going with, I believe, Frakus, the quarterback, will go. Jones and Star Thomas, not bad in the backfield, 11 touchdowns on the ground. And then I go back to the star receiver, Justice Powers. Any relation to Brad? No. Okay, wasn't sure. 19 receptions and a touchdown. Uh, two other players also, Cordell David and Jonathan Brady, had 19 receptions each. They combined for seven touchdowns. Lazarus, that's right, Lazarus Williams, seven and a half sacks, leads the defense. Now they'll take on your alma mater. We know Matt McDonald. He likes to wing it around. Doesn't throw the deep, deep ball, but he does throw a lot of crossing patterns. Threw for over 2,600 yards, 22 touchdowns, ran for a touchdown. Patterson on the ground, 560 and a touchdown. Uh, Hilaire and Broden, 84 receptions and six touchdowns each there. For Bowling Green, Carl Brooks, give it, give credit uh, to the senior defensive lineman with 10 sacks leading the way, and Bacon, the safety, and D.J. Taylor, linebacker, combining for 153 tackles. What about Bowling Green in this game? Ford Field, little familiarity there maybe. Mac, you know, knows that area. 
Uh, Bowling Green minus three and a half, 48 and a half is your total in the quick lane bowl. I want to play your boy. Should I lay the points? Uh, I bet numbers, not teams. I bet BG on that opening Sunday plus one. At three and a half, I actually lean New Mexico State. I, I think Jerry Kill's a better coach than uh, what BG has there. Uh, I, I just don't trust BG as a favorite. And it's just not me being, you know, oh, you're, you just, you're too emotionally invested in your alma mater. No, they haven't covered a game as a favorite this year. 0-3 against the spread. I just don't think they handle success very well. So at three and a half, I lean New Mexico State. All right, so New Mexico State, their last four games have gone over, but talked about that last game. Was I like the Valparaiso. over, too. I bet you, the you over. You do like the over yep, indoors. Yep. Okay, Don't so have the, to worry about weather. The offense got going for New Mexico State. BG's offense will get going here, too. 48 and a half, so we'll look there. By the way, Middle Tennessee State has won three straight games, not against the spread, but three straight, straight games overall. Uh, we've got one more game we can duck in here, and that'll be the – uh, Camellia Bowl, Montgomery, Alabama. That'll be Georgia Southern under Clay Helton against Buffalo. The Bulls, who had to play their last game, make sure they got it in uh, against Akron, I believe, just to get to bowl eligibility, to get six wins. And they were able to come back in that game late at home and take care of business. Georgia Southern, Kyle Van Trees, the old Buffalo quarterback, is at the helm there for Georgia Southern. Hood and Singleton leading receivers going into the game. One of their starting receivers is out. There are a lot of uh, players that are not going to be playing. Burgess Jr. is the guy that's going to be missing there for Georgia Southern. He had seven touchdown receptions during the year. And there's a lot of players that are opting out or have injury that look not to play. Now, again, this stuff uh, can change. Uh, We just don't know. Some of the coaches, you know, not declaring some stuff till late. And it kind of keeps you off balance this season more than ever, Brad Powers, as far as bowls. Buffalo with Cole Snyder leading the way, Mike Washington on the ground, and a team that was plus seven in the turnover department, but minus six in the sack department. What about it? Buffalo against Georgia Southern. It's the uh, Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Haven't checked the weather, but uh, hopefully not a problem there in Bama. I'm going to take Georgia Southern here. I just trust the Sun Belt team against the MAC team. I think Clay Helton did a really good job this year. They were only favored in two games this year and somehow are at bowl eligibility. I liked how they finished compared to Buffalo, and Van Trees will play with a chip on his shoulder. I just think their offense is the best unit on the field. Clay Helton's got the coaching edge, believe it or not. So Georgia Southern for me. There you go. Buffalo has dropped four in a row against the spread. Both teams finishing 6-6 six and six straight up. Georgia Southern 7-5-0 and oh against the number 6-5-1 and one for the Buffalo Bulls. And uh, that'll take us to the end of this segment. Mark Hoke, of course, producing, does a great job week in, week out. Friday football fiasco with Brad Powers as he heads back home, hopefully, uh, to spend some Christmas time with the family. Uh, there will not be a Friday football fiasco next week. In fact, Fish Fane will be hosting the show next Friday. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, looking forward to uh, bringing you the rest of the show. We're going to get into the NFL final segment. It is SportsX Radio. Live from Vegas, keep it right here as we rock and roll on a, on the last Friday football fiasco of the season. We are uh, going to be right back. Archive will be up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. All right, KT back on a Friday football fiasco, a little in excess, bringing us back. And uh, in excess, do not bet in excess. We try to preach that here. Friday football fiasco, use your bankroll. And uh, look, you could drop three, four bowl games in a row. Doesn't mean you got to put it all on that next bowl game. Doesn't always work out that way. Take it from somebody that's been in the game for a long time and has had those losing streaks here and there. Now, 
my buddy on the other side of the uh, mic over there, Brad Powers, he hasn't uh, tasted uh, defeat too often this year. Brad Powers, let's go over uh, some stats real quick. And at Brad Powers 7, you can follow, but very consistent season. You really haven't had too many bad weeks. I mean, only two losing weeks all year? I think it's three now because NFL was bad last weekend for me, KT. Uh, I'm in a little bit of a dip now, but it's the first time all season. I mean, they should be expected. Come on. I mean, it's not. It's called gambling, not winning. But uh, overall, about 60%, both VIP and newsletter, and that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, that is as good as it gets. There's no question about it. Doing an outstanding job all year. And again, sitting first place in the Golden Nugget Contest. Memphis and Utah State, the next game, it's the first responder bowl. This game, Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas. And I uh, did not check whether there. Utah State, Memphis, Memphis minus 7.5, total 60.5, again, using the Westgate Superbook lines. And a Utah State team that, you know, went through some quarterback problems, uh, injury early on, but Cooper Legas stepping in, doing a decent job. And then in the backfield, Calvin Tyler Jr. elevated his play, did a pretty good job. Cobbs, Vaughn McGriff. 13 touchdowns receiving there for the uh, Aggies. And uh, Blake Anderson in his second year now doing pretty good. Senior linebacker, A.J. Vongfakan, 92 tackles leading the way. A team, though, minus seven in the turnover department. Memphis with Seth Hennigan leading the way there quarterback-wise. Docker and Martin, 853 on the ground, 12 touchdowns. Brandon Thomas is out for this game. He had nine touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Jaden Ivory, Caden Prescorn. Pretty good as far as receiving the ball. 92 receptions, 8 touchdowns between them. Plus 4 in the turnover department. But concerning for Memphis, minus 14 sack department. I just pay attention to those numbers, tackles for loss, uh, just to see how the offensive line holding up at times. Again, Robert Briggs, uh, backup running back there, uh, that does get some time for Utah State, is out of this game as well. Again, Brandon Thomas, uh, wide receivers Kobe Drake, Joe Skates out for Memphis. Uh, Warren Peoples, the edge rusher, transfer portal, defensive back Joshua Hastings, transfer portal as well. Uh, So you're getting some starting players uh, with coaching moves and with uh, teams winding down before bowl games, Brad, that are making moves as far as transfer portal and some guys sitting out declaring for the NFL. What's uh, What's your take on that? How difficult for a handicapper to stay on top of all these moves? Very difficult. You gotta. It's almost like you gotta handicap the game originally, then re-handicap it. With each breaking news, there's a lot of times where you know I have one position. You know, two weeks ago, now I have a totally different position and thought process on the game. This is a good game for that. Originally, I think Utah State was a side, but with man Tyler out on offense, the backup running backs out. I'm just not sure how successful they're going to be offensively. Memphis, and also diving into the two teams, it also gives you an opportunity to really dive into the teams that you don't get in the, in the regular season. I just thought Utah State, 4-0 and in one-possession games, makes them a little overrated. Memphis, 0-4 in one-possession games, makes them a little underrated. I'm leaning Memphis here. All right, so Memphis and Utah State, both teams coming in with streaks as far as totals. Memphis, their last three games have gone under, but the Tigers have covered their last three games Last three games for the Aggies have gone over the total, but Utah State on the season four and eight against the number, not making you any money. Let's move on down. Next game will be Coastal Carolina, East Carolina. A couple quarterbacks that we know, Holton Aylers for ECU, over 3,400 yards, 23 touchdowns, just the five picks. Keaton Mitchell on the ground had 13 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards, a good one-two punch there for the Pirates. Coastal Carolina, we saw their quarterback go down during the season, Grayson McCall. Now, he has entered the transfer portal, Brad, last I saw, but he said he will play yep. in this game. 
So that is that is key there because their backup quarterback is gone. But their coach, Jamie Caldwell, Chadwell, I should say, is on his way to Liberty. So he will not coach this game. Uh, they did hire North Carolina State offense coordinator Tim Beck, but he will not coach this game as well. So Coastal name defensive coordinator Chad Staggs, interim coach for this bowl game. And uh, we'll see how all of that pans out. Meanwhile, you know, an East Carolina team that, you know, that played hard, I think, they got going the beginning of the year, and I think they thought it was going to be a better year, uh, East Carolina. They did finish 7-5. and five. Coastal Carolina got off to that great start, does finish 9-3, and three, losing the Sunbelt Championship game to Troy Handley. Trojans all over, even though McCall was back, but they knew that foot was banged up, and they pressured him, and it showed big time. East Carolina is minus 7 even at the Westgate Superbook, 62-year total against Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. Oh, wow, 7. A lot of money on Coastal. I I don't like Coastal, and it's just not the fact that they got an interim coach and McCall's got one foot out the door. I didn't like this team when, when things were all good, hunky-dory for the team, and McCall was healthy and Chadwell was there. I mean, this is a team that's 9-3 and three and got outgained and outscored on the season. Folks, that equates to overrated. Give me ECU here, Holt Naylor's final game. ECU minus 7 total of 62, and the final game on December 27th next Tuesday will be Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. We know that Graham Mertz has transferred. Where is he going, Florida? Florida. I thought I saw Florida picked him up. There's several guys that have already found homes that uh, hit the transfer portal. You've got Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, transfer portal as well. Anybody uh, showing interest on uh, Spencer Sanders or the running back, Dominic Richardson. Richardson led the team in rushing. Haven't seen destinations for either one yet. All right, so Garrett Wrangles should be going at quarterback for Okie State. Is or that correct? Gundy. Or Gunner Gundy. Yep. Gunner well, Gundy. One they'll of the probably team. split a little bit. Uh, they do have Gordon in the backfield. That'll get some action. Had 263 and a couple touchdowns during the year. Braden Johnson, John Paul Richardson's. Uh, those are your two best receivers that will be playing. They're going to miss some other guys. Also on defense, Mason Cobb, their linebacker, 96 tackles. He's going to SC. Is KT. he going? Mason Cobb? Yeah, USC. So he's out. Jason Taylor, the second. What about the senior safety? He's uh, maybe ticketed for the NFL. They always put some good defensive players in the draft, Okie State. Have not seen his destination yet. All right. So Wisconsin, Chase Wolf, the senior, or Miles Burkett, the youngster? Going to play both. Going to play both. What about Braylon Allen? Does he go? So far, he is still going. All right. So we'll see if Wisconsin can muster some offense. What about Coach Jim Leonard, who, of course, is being replaced by Luke Fickle, is Leonard going to be in this game coaching? He is coaching his final game, uh, but he is gone after this game. Uh, he got offered a position to stay at Wisconsin. He declined. And, wh- and rightly so. I would as well. Being my alma mater, I'm going to get replaced by a guy from Ohio State that actually has done a great job at Cincinnati and Luke Fickle. But nonetheless, Jim Leonard not getting a fair shake as far as I'm concerned. Wisconsin is minus 3.5, 43 the total. Brad Powers? Something tells me KT on the 27th could end up at this game on Tuesday before really? making it back to Vegas. Yes, of course, my wife, Christina, hails from just outside of Madison, may make it to wisconsin Oki State. Right now, the Badgers minus 3.5, 43-year total at Chase Field, the home of the Diamondbacks. With so many opt-outs. I mean, you didn't even get to Wisconsin's opt-outs. Like, their best linebacker and stuff are out. So many question marks on both sides. Backup quarterbacks, interim coach. I'm just going to go under. I mean, this reminds me of the Fenway Bowl a little bit where you had so much uncertainty. Just going to go under here, under 43. Yeah, and you also had uh, a couple offensive linemen, too, for Wisconsin. They're known for their offensive line. Logan Brown, Tyler Beach, they've opted out. Uh, Tight ends galore uh, between injuries, three of them. And then Jalen Franklin hits the transfer portal. 
Uh, again, Braylon Allen, we were concerned about his injury. Uh, one of the backup running backs that did a pretty good job, Isaac Garendo, he is in the transfer portal, so he will not play as well. So a lot of guys, uh, you know, taking the high road there for the Badgers. New coach Luke Fickle, again, will be the uh, new coach. Fickle hired uh, North Carolina offensive coordinator Phil Longo to call the plays for 2023, uh, but it says Longo's system won't be installed until the off season. So uh, Jim Leonard, the interim coach, who filled in, uh, will be coaching his final game there at his alma mater, Wisconsin. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, as we look at that, Wisconsin finishing 6-6, 5-7 six six, against the number. Okie State 7-5, 6-6 six six against the number. The last five Okie State games have gone under, and Brad, that's the way you're going on this one. Yeah, I would say, yeah, if you think 43 is such a low total for Oklahoma State, well, since Spencer Sanders got banged up in the middle of the season, all five games went under, and in fact, you know, when you look at their last three games, all would have went under this total. So, uh, or at least one would have pushed, I think. So, yeah, it's not that low of a total for Oklahoma State the way they're playing. All right. So let's jump over to the first game on the 28th, and that's Central Florida and Duke. And a real nice year for Duke. I mean, I, I got to give Duke amazing a lot of, season. Uh, yeah, it really was. And, and, and they made me some pretty good money early on, especially before people started to notice that this team's pretty consistent. This is the Military Bowl, and this will be in Annapolis, Maryland the home of the uh, Navy midshipmen. And, again, this is a Central Florida team that's always had a high-flying offense. doesn't matter who the coach is. They've always kept it rolling as far as the offense. Uh, lots of uh, guys as far as uh, opting out on this one as well. Uh, Arkansas, let me see. I'm sorry, not Arkansas. Uh, Duke, I'm trying to see. Duke's not – No, have, they don't have Duke anybody. doesn't have anybody outside of uh, – let me see. The wide receiver, Harding Jr., transfer portal – uh, linebacker Rocky Shelton, and cornerback Tony Davis. Those are your three as far as the transfer portal. For UCF, Mikey Keene hit the transfer portal. Uh, Plumlee banged up. Yep. So what are, we, what are we looking at for UCF here? Ryan O'Keefe, also one of their top receivers, hits the transfer portal. Jordan Johnson, receiver, hits the transfer portal. Amari Johnson, he's banged up. Your tight end, Jordan Davis, banged up. Then you've got linebackers, Terrence Lewis, Jeremiah John-Baptiste, one of their leading tacklers, hitting the transfer portal as well. UCF, a shell of themselves. This has got to favor Duke big time, and you know they're going to be happy they're there. It's not far, really, from Durham to make it up to Annapolis. I think Duke's the right side here. I think they're going to be fired up to play in the game. I think it's been a very successful season. For Central Florida, this is almost like a downgrade. They're used to playing in bigger bowl games. Big reason why Duke opened plus two and a half, and now they're laying three, and I think that it'll be more than three when by the time the kickoff comes. And big worry, as you mentioned, quarterback. Keen's not playing, and everything I've read in the last couple of weeks, John Rice Plumley's not healthy and may not play. And if they're down to a third-string guy, that's a significant downgrade. Significant upgrade is what Mike Elko did to this Duke program in just one year. I He would have been my national coach of the year because I upgraded that team more than any any other team in the country in my power ratings. Duke for me. All right, so the only other quarterback to get action, Thomas Castellanos, threw 16 passes. The freshman completed nine for 75 yards. That is it for UCF, and that's where we may be uh, looking as far as quarterbacks. So Duke for KT, Duke for Brad Powers. We're both on that one for sure. Uh, let's see, as we duck in, uh, you know what? Yeah, let's. Let's duck it in. Kansas and Arkansas. Let's get to it. We've got enough time. Uh, a lot of opt-outs in this one as well. But Jalen Daniels should play for Kansas from what I read initially. Yep. Arkansas minus three in the game, 68 and a half. This is the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Tennessee. I'll tell you what, Brad. This is a, a team also, uh, Kansas. What a great year. And uh, Leopold doing a nice job there coming over. 
and, and getting this team rolling. And if Jalen Daniels didn't get hurt, this team probably wins a few more games. But, you know, it's another program that's on the rise. You can kind of feel it. And, uh, you know, he's got some good players coming back. For Arkansas, look, Pittman's done a nice job there as well. K.J. Jefferson was out for a while and uh, didn't see all the – uh, all the players going as far as in this game, who's playing, who's not. Uh, can you update us yep. here? Again, right now, Kansas catching three from Arkansas, total 68.5. So Arkansas will be without Barry Odom, their defensive coordinator, who obviously took the UNLV job. They're also without a pair of starting wide receivers. They're all SEC center, Stromberg. They're all SEC linebacker, Drew Sanders. Linebacker, Bumper Pool, safety, Miles Slusher. All in all, at least six starters, maybe up to upwards of eight is what I'm hearing, will be out for Arkansas. Kansas excited to be there. Sold out of their ticket allotment. Give me Kansas. I'm with you. I mean, when you find these teams like Kansas or Duke that are fired up just to get to a bowl game. And we're not talking basketball, folks. Yep, and we're talking <laughs> successful seasons. I mean, I mean, it's not like they're limping in there. Uh, these teams, even though 6-6, six and six, it still was a much stronger season for Kansas that way. Now, they did drop their last three and last three against the number. The last three games had gone over for the Jayhawks, but I like them in a game uh, where Arkansas 6-6, six and 6-6 six, six and six against the number comes in as well. And, uh, again, right now we look at that line. Arkansas is minus three, 68-and-a-half, and I think that if you want Kansas, you better take that field goal now. I think this line will drop. All right, real quick before we uh, jump to break, don't forget Dr. John Pearson Company, the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You're fortunate that we have the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can give a call now. Leave a message. They'll get back to you. Free educational consultation will be set up. You got the 702 down for Vegas, 534-7900-534-7900. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center, pdcenterlv.com. You can check the scanner out that way. Heart CT scan, calcium score 125 for a $600 value. Your significant other, absolutely free. So the two of you, for a total of 125, check that heart out, 534-7900. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, Friday Football Fiasco, coming right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Ah, yes. Start of money. Brad Powers has started you off. He's made you money all season long. You've been listening to the Friday Football Fiasco. We give out a lot of games, a lot of opinions, and Brad, very sharp opinion on a ton of games, college, NFL. He's done an outstanding job all year long. First place Golden Nugget contest right now. Uh, second entry, sitting there in seventh. We're hoping that he gets 1-1-A there and uh, has them both there and closes out the season strong. We expect him to, is what it is, but college football, that's right up his alley. Nobody better in college football than Brad Powers. We uh, pick it up with uh, the Holiday Bowl. Petco Park, a little bit different venue. I've gone to this game before. In fact, USC and Wisconsin a few years back, Brad. And you would 45, think. 45 42. Yeah, 45 42. But the game, the temperature, I mean, if it's on there when you looked at, I'm telling you, the wind and, and everything, you're thinking San Diego. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, my feet, I'll never forget, <laughs> my feet were freezing. The worst thing was watching USC struggle against Wisconsin. And of course, being there with the in laws oh, and my no. wife, yes. And it was I remember all watching about that Bucky game where they had those striped uh, overalls. Yes, yes, <laughs> the old striped the overalls with no shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yes, those are uh, those are characters, no doubt. And I've been to a couple games in Madison 
uh, really enjoy my time there when I go, and then we'll usually try and time it to, so we can go up to Lambeau Field for a Sunday game. But we'll pick it up right now with that Holiday Bowl. It's North Carolina and Oregon. Uh, Drake May, outstanding year for Mac Brown and uh, pretty solid year for uh, North Carolina in some aspects. Other aspects, not so much as they've uh, floundered in some games that they probably should have won, at least on paper. Uh, Tony Grimes transferring. He's just now found a home. Uh, excellent cornerback. They have several other players in the transfer portal. few guys injured. Uh, Downs, their top wide receiver, has declared for the NFL draft, and he's opted out. Uh, he missed the first couple games pretty solid. Uh, so clue me in on some of the other guys there. We do know Bo Nix will get the start for Oregon. I know Cardwell transferred. McGee, Seven McGee, uh, wide receiver, also hit the transfer portal. And uh, some of these guys have hit transfer portals, but some are playing in some of these games, and that's what's made it so confusing. But where are you as far as this game? Uh, clue me in on some of the roster moves. Oregon is minus 14.5 points, 73-year total, Petco Park from San Diego. Yeah, you hit on the, the major ones. As far as uh, coaching-wise, both coordinators are gone. Dillingham's the head coach at Arizona State. He was the OC at Oregon, and Longo's off to Wisconsin as far as the OC for North Carolina. Downs is big for the North Carolina uh, offense. Also, another reason Oregon's been taking a ton of money here is you want to talk about cluster opt-outs, North Carolina's secondary, five guys, including three starters, out for this game. So that's a big concern there. That's the stuff that moves markets there. But with all that being said, Look, I bet Oregon early on in the process made the line 14. It's above 14 now. I'll lean North Carolina. They have lost three in a row straight up the heels. They have lost three in a row to the number. Nine and three for Oregon on the season. Nice year for Bo Nix. Nine and four for North Carolina. Real quick, Bo Nix says he'll be back to Eugene for 2023. Yep, and we'll play in this game. That's a big feather in the cap for the Ducks. All right, so a big number to lay, but when you have that guy going in Bo Nix, very, very competitive Tough loss, still wondering how they lost to Oregon State. (laughs) And would that have changed the lay of the land? USC would have played Oregon instead of playing Utah. You just never know. They may have been in the playoff. But that's what it is. Yeah, if they beat Oregon, they would have been in the playoff, right? Yeah, they would have been in. I don't think they would have beaten Oregon is what I'm telling you. Okay, well, hindsight's (laughs) 20-20. You're only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Tulane, KT. Come on. That's because Caleb Williams got hurt. Come on. Okay. And if Caleb Williams doesn't get hurt against Utah, they probably come back and win that game too or hold on to a lead that they had early on. All right, next, uh, I'm making excuses for the boys from Troy. Got to do it. Uh, Meanwhile, Mississippi and Texas Tech, this will be NRG Stadium in Houston, the Texas Bowl. And another game where uh, there's going to be a bunch of guys transferring out uh, for Ole Miss. Boy, I look at the transfer portal there, just a ton of guys. Uh, You can kind of clue me in on who's the most important. But for Texas Tech, we know Baron Morton, a guy that we both liked when he got his opportunity, a quarterback. He's banged up. Donovan Smith hits the transfer portal. So we know that uh, for Texas Tech, it'll be Tyler Shuck, who missed part of the year but came back, threw 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions, good combination in the backfield with Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks, over 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns. Bradley White and Price, 133 receptions, 10 of them hit pay dirt. Tyree Wilson, outside linebacker, pretty good, as well as Creshawn Merriweather, who had 104 tackles for the Red Raiders. In the game, it is Mississippi minus 3.5, 69.5, Texas Bowl. Who do you like? I don't like anything. I lean Texas Tech plus three and a half. Uh, just Ole Miss limping down the stretch, mainly due to the fact that their schedule, strength of schedule, increased dramatically from the first uh, seven games of the season. 
Um, nothing major as far as the op- – there's a lot of them, but nothing that really moves markets. Trade getting out, uh, you know, middle of the season for Ole Miss also contributed to their uh, slow finish. The one worry I do have here for Texas Tech is their rush defense against that powerful rush offense for Ole Miss. But still, you're playing – they'll have the crowd advantage here. And I think Joey McGuire – is a very underrated head coach for Texas Tech, so I'm a lean Red Raiders. All right, so I played the Red Raiders, so I'm I'm happy with that one. Uh, I believe I laid three and a half. Boy, I'm I hope you didn't lay no, three no, and a half with the Red Raiders. No. You took three and a yes, half. Yes, I took three. Yes, it <laughs> took three and a half, and it did get up to four after I took three and a half, but is back at three and a half everywhere here in Vegas, including the Westgate Superbook total sixty nine and a half Mississippi Texas Tech, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that one Mississippi. Eight and four on the year, but four seven and one against the number. Texas Tech seven and five, both straight up and against the spread, and they have won their last three games and their last three against the number. We jump over to the 29th and we start with the Pinstripe Bowl. Syracuse, they've been in this game before. They're taking on Minnesota and PJ Fleck right now. Minnesota minus ten, total of 42. The Q's coming in seven and five, six and six against the number, but they've dropped their last five against the spread. Minnesota eight and four. 7-5, and five. Minnesota really thought they were the best team in the western half of the Big Ten, but it didn't work out as they, uh, they lost the Iowa game. Yeah, that was a bad one. When they lost that game to Iowa, that was it. And uh, P.J. Fleck, you know, good, solid running game uh, with Ibrahim. This kid, very, very solid there for Minnesota. They've got some players there. Morgan, the quarterback, was banged up throughout the year. What about this one, Brad, with Syracuse? Uh, Babers was on the hot seat coming in, so maintains his job. But Minnesota minus 10, total of 42 at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Yeah, I gave out Minnesota, one of my top plays of the bowl season. Uh, you know, it wasn't 10, I'll tell you that. But I'd still lay the 10 uh, here at least as a lean. I mean, the OC and DC are out for Syracuse. Also, uh, running backs out. Uh, just declared out for the NFL draft for Syracuse. So that's big for them. So I don't think I just don't see them having success. Minnesota controls the line of scrimmage. I'm laying it with the Gophers. All right. So the Gophers, it is. Uh, move on to the next game, and we've got Oklahoma and Florida State. That game will also. Uh, these games are all on the 29th on Thursday, December the 29th. Oklahoma, Florida State. This is the Cheez It Bowl in Orlando, Florida. Right now, Florida State minus nine, total of 66. FSU coming into the game. And uh, they are nine and three straight up, eight and four against the number. Oklahoma six and six. Fortunate to get there. Venables having a rough go of it. Four and eight against the spread. And an Oklahoma defense that got torched in several games this year. Yep. They do have the running back Eric Gray, who has opted out of this game. Uh, yeah, that is huge as far as uh, offense there. Meanwhile, for Florida State, not too many major opt outs. Uh, they do have a quarterback in Jordan Travis that has had an outstanding year. He's coming uh, back. And he's going to be back. And then Trey Benson stepping up nicely in the backfield also for FSU. So starting to get what they thought they were going to get out of Coach Norvell. They're doing a nice job. They are minus 966. Are they the right side in this game against Oklahoma? They are the right side. I like Florida State here. Uh, Oklahoma also, both of their starting offensive tackles are out for this game, plus a bunch of other guys. They were focused on the recruiting class. They just signed a great one. I'm not sure how prep how the prep's going to go in this one. Florida State's focused. Florida State's a legit top ten team. Florida State rolls. Okay, Florida State rolls. They're minus nine in the game. Uh, Anton Harrison and Wanya Morris, both those offensive tackles are out, as well as defensive tackle Jalen Redmond. Uh, big losses there 
for Oklahoma. We'll see if the Sooners can indeed stay in this game. Duck one more in real quick. Let's get Washington and Texas. This will be the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. So Texas, there'll be a lot of folks there uh, that may not be able to get tickets or, or be in that Austin area that'll come out, support the Longhorns. They're minus three and a half, total 67 and a half in this game. Horns coming in eight and four straight up, eight and four against the number. Against Washington, led by Michael Penix Jr. and Kalen DeBoer having a nice year coming over from Fresno State to take over. Uh, has the offense rolling under Penix Jr., who says he'll be back next year. They have won their last six games straight up, last three against the number. This is a good, solid Washington team. I think the uh, the future is bright for the boys up there in Seattle. 67 and a half your total. Texas, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Ewers, the youngster, uh, he's at quarterback. Hudson Card has transferred. He is in the transfer portal. Brad Powers, what about Texas in this game in San Antonio? Any advantage as far as crowd-wise? Washington travels, and they haven't been to a bowl in a while, so maybe they do get some fans down there. They'll have some fans, but obviously you got to shade a little bit towards Texas. They'll have a significant crowd advantage, but – no B. John Robinson, no Roshan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Leaning, you know, you got to lean on Quinn Ewers, who's very inconsistent this year. I don't trust him. I do trust Michael Penix, Washington. Kalen DeBoer is a very underrated coach. I like Washington. All right. So, redshirt freshman Jonathan Brooks expected to uh, be the number one running back there for the Longhorns in this game. And then you've got Jaden Blue, uh, top 60 overall recruit. He's likely to get some action as well. Uh, let me see. Nayer. Uh, from Wyoming, Wyoming yep. he's going to play in this game, right? Yeah, he'll play. Yeah, so that's uh, that's key there because he had missed the you know pretty much the entire year. So uh, Texas again, they'll uh, be laying three and a half against Washington, and I agree with you. I'm going to be with you on the Huskies. When we come back, we'll pick it up with Maryland and NC State. We'll uh, continue. These are the games on Friday, December the thirtieth. Pittsburgh and UCLA, no Keaton Slovis there for the Panthers as he's on the move again. South Carolina, Notre Dame, Wyoming, and Ohio U, and then Clemson and Tennessee. Pretty good slate there for the 30th, and then we'll get into the games for New Year's Eve, and those include the two college football playoff games that are coming up on New Year's Eve day. So we'll look forward to that. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, again, at Brad Power 7 at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio, if you follow at SportsX Radio or at Ken Thompson 87, the archives will get tweeted right to you. Those archives will be up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. It is SportsX Radio, a Friday football fiasco we are taping on the morning of December the 23rd. Mark Hoke at the helm. Keep it right here. Don't forget the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. You like professional wrestling, you'll love the Mark Hoke Show. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back. We are live. PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, the final Friday football fiasco as we get you set for bowl games. We're going to hit the NFL, the final segment, here in hour number two. Mark Hoke at the helm producing the show. And uh, we left off with Maryland NC State as we get into the games on Friday, December 30th. So these games will be a week from today. Again, we are taping Friday morning. So things can change, weather, injuries, opt-outs, who knows. I mean, things have been happening uh, just about every day as far as some of these bowls. Now, some of the teams have stayed pat as far as some of the teams that are looking forward to go to some of these bowl games uh, really haven't had too many roster moves. But when you look at this game, it is the Mayo Bowl. And again, I was telling Brad Powers off-air, Duke's Mayo, who sponsors this game, is outstanding. I never had it until about 10 days ago. I saw it in the fridge. I said, ah, let me try that. I know they sponsor a bowl game. It is excellent. It's got that little twang to it, but really, really tasty, and I uh, had it on a couple sandwiches. So I advise you to give a shot to Duke's Mayo. If, you didn't, if you're not familiar, I hadn't tried it prior to uh, a couple weeks ago. Bank of America Stadium, Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where this game is. It is the Mayo Bowl, Maryland against 
NC State. NC State minus a point total of 47. For Maryland, you've got some guys that are opting out, some good solid receivers in Copeland and Jarrett. Uh, several other players opting out as well. Yeah. Uh, for Mike Loxley, we'll get to that. Brad Powers will update you. For NC State, MJ Morris, the backup quarterback for Devin Leary, who transferred, and uh, we already know where Leary's going, but uh, we've got a lot of players out as well for NC State. So, Brad Powers, kind of clue me in right now. Again, NC State is a one point favorite, total of 47. Loxley doing a pretty nice job there in Maryland. I think maybe his best coaching, you know, so far, we know how he struggled at. New Mexico before uh, getting the offensive coordinator job there for Alabama and learning some stuff under Saban, but he's done a pretty nice job there, especially with Talia Tungavailoa at the helmet quarterback. He has. Uh, I just question their ability to have some success in this game because of the cluster opt-outs at wide receiver, their best unit on the team. Uh, Talia hasn't been 100% healthy, although I expect him to go in this game. On the other side, NC State might be down. Morris might not be back for this game, so they'll probably continue to play Finley, who's actually the four-string quarterback, with all the different opt-outs. Again, uh, you know, instead of picking a side, let's just go under. It's exhibition football. Uh, it's NFL preseason football. You know how the, to- the low totals in the NFL preseason? Treat that like the same thing here, so under for me. All right, then we've got Pittsburgh in the Sun Bowl against UCLA. Uh, both these teams have played in the Sun Bowl before, and it's it's one of the games that I enjoy watching. Uh, they're in Great El Paso. Place to visit it this year. No doubt about it. Uh, you know what? And if they don't have a sellout, well, you never know. I mean, all they have to do is uh, just let all those people crossing the border oh into God. the stadium for free, and uh, you have a quick sellout there. No problem. It's Ken Thompson show. That's right. I uh, got to duck that in there. Uh, have a little fun here on a Friday football fiasco. UCLA is minus four fifty four and a half. DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson at the helm all year for Chip Kelly. A little bit of a disappointing close to the season for the Bruins when they lost that game to USC. Uh, had that last possession and the interception, but it looked like UCLA was on their way to win that game, getting that last shot. Slovis announcing that he's transferring. Uh, Patty has been banged up for a while with that leg injury, so uh, if he can't go, looks like uh, they'll have to go to Nate Yarnell, the third-string quarterback, and that doesn't uh, bode well, I don't think, for Pittsburgh. I would look at UCLA. I would lay the four points, 54-and-a-half. Your take on this one, because I think Chip Kelly has got things going on, and he's getting some good transfers over there to uh, to Westwood as well. Yeah, the, the only worry is uh, the rumors are DTR and Charbonnet are out. Uh, so another one is going to sound like a broken record with everybody out. The under. Under. Uh, I mean – Problem is, I already bet under 60, and it's down to 54, but I think it closes like 52, so uh, under again for me. But I, I agree with you. Like Garbers, I trust Chip Kelly over Narduzzi to have a game plan. I would lean UCLA. Yeah, Dante like, Moore like to UCLA Garbers. is a big uh, get for the Bruins. Highest rated quarter, one of the highest rated players they've ever signed. Yeah, and, I, and I've watched Garbers play. I like Garbers. I think he's yep, got potential. He's got experience. Yep, so we'll see. Uh, you know, they let DTR uh, start all those games, but Garbers came in. Uh, a little bit when DTR was banged up and and showed some promise. Uh, we know his brother played at Cal. No, Notre Dame minus two. This is a team you know better than any because it's your team. You followed them uh, forever. Fifty one and a half against South Carolina. Gamecocks. I owe it to uh, to Beamer and, and South Carolina. They made me a ton of money in two games this year, back to back games against Tennessee and Clemson. I uh, had them on money line both those games. And uh, you know what? Every now and then you get lucky. But Spencer Rattler turned out to be that guy that they thought he was going to be at Oklahoma. Again, you got a lot of opt-outs in this game as well, Brad, for both South Carolina and for Notre Dame. More importantly for Notre Dame, though, because, you know, you get a tight end like Michael Mayer. This is a guy, you know, once in a, 
uh, every 40 years, maybe you get a, a tight end like this. This guy yeah, may still be the, not the Mackey Award winner. Well, but still, you know, they, they he got double covered a lot. Uh, there's no doubt that this guy is flat out one of the best tight ends to come out of Notre Dame in their history. And then also you lose edge rusher Isaiah Foskey. This guy is a beast, constantly putting pressure on the opposing quarterback. Won't surprise me if he gets a uh, gets in the right system that he has some type of uh, season like Mason, uh, like like Crosby. I, I Max Crosby, double X, there for the Raiders. Uh, talk to me about Notre Dame guys that they're going to be missing. You know this team. Would you lay the two? Would you take South Carolina, who's happy to be there? 51.5 your total. Gator Bowl, Jacksonville, Florida. So it's a very interesting handicap here. I agree. Massive losses for Notre Dame. That's their two best players, Mayer and Foskey. Uh, that's why I bet South Carolina at the Open. Plus 5.5, plus 4.5. Understood all the money on South Carolina. Something to keep an eye on. That's not, I don't think, getting priced in. South Carolina has at least six starters, and there's talks of maybe even more opting out. So you'd think they're happy to be there. Bell, the outstanding like H-back, they use him in their pass game. He's their second-leading rusher's out. Lloyd's out, the running back. Uh, multiple offensive linemen, multiple defensive backs, some more defensive players. So you think they're excited to be there. The fan base is excited to be there, but they actually have more opt-outs than Notre Dame. So I'm going to see how low this line gets. I think I'm going to talk myself into betting Notre Dame when it comes to, when it's all said and done. All right, so the Irish minus two in the game uh, as the line has been lowered. And you got South Carolina plus five and a half? Yeah, I'm happy with those bets. There you go. That'll be a nice little middle there. Let Notre Dame win by three or four, and Brad Powers will be on easy street once again. Arizona Bowl, this game will be at Arizona Stadium in Tucson, home of the Wildcats, Wyoming, and Ohio U. Pretty impressive year for Ohio U. Now, they did lose O'Rourke, the uh, young quarterback who got banged up, but he was having a stellar year. Wyoming comes to call. And this is a pick game, 43 the total. Both these teams really over-exceeding expectations. What about uh, injuries, transfer portal for Ohio? The, all I saw was Curtis Work and the running back, O'Shawn Allison. Uh, other than that, didn't see much for Wyoming. Saw the wide receiver, Joshua Cobbs. Uh, uh, Omatasho, uh, defensive end, and then Glinton and Stone, couple cornerbacks there for the Pokes, uh, but did not see anybody else as far as skill position players in the game again in Ohio in, in a pick 'em uh, in the game from Tucson, 43 the total with, with Wyoming. Yeah, I'm going under. Wyoming's down to a fifth, fifth, five, fifth string running back on this one. They're the top two guys transferred out, top two, the, the next two guys are injured. So a team that wants to run the ball, we'll see how effective they can be. I mean, I was Ohio's offense without Rourke. We saw didn't couldn't perform in the MAC title game against Toledo. So under for me. Yeah, and Titus Swin actually was uh, asked to leave the program. Yeah, he was. So I mean, this was a starting running back and somebody they felt strong enough. They brought him down here to the Mountain West Media Day. I actually met the young yeah, man. I don't know what happened, but something happened there with Craig Bowl, and uh, he he released uh, Titus Swin, and and uh, he was done. All right, last game here as far as on the 30th, and that'll be Clemson and Tennessee. This will be at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida right there. It is the Orange Bowl, and this is always a good game. This used to be a New Year's Day bowl game, but no longer. It is Clemson and Tennessee, however. That is a nice, fat matchup. Uh, looking forward to this game. Tennessee 10-2, and Clemson 11-2. and Tennessee much better against the spread, 9-3 and as opposed to 7-6. and uh, But DJ Uyangalele is on the move for Clemson quarterback-wise. Uh, which means Klubnik should get the start here. Also, you've got Bo Collins injured there for Clemson. Kobe Pace, uh, he has hit the transfer portal. 
Uh, but there's still players for Dabo Sweeney that do want to play. You can update me on any of the other uh, opt-outs there for Clemson. For Tennessee, we know Hendon Hooker, their starting quarterback, is out. But more importantly, a couple of their starting wide receivers that are outstanding. Jalen Hyatt opted out. He's their leader. And Cedric Tillman, who missed some time but yeah. came back, he's also out. Uh, Jimmy Calloway, Jimmy Holiday, a couple backup wide receivers, tight end Miles Campbell, all these guys hitting the transfer portal. And Warren Burrell, the cornerback, is still injured. So Joe Milton will take over quarterback-wise. Uh, threw for 147 yards in the finale against Vandy. And uh, we'll see how things pan out in this one. But it is Clemson right now minus 5.5, total 63.5 against Tennessee. I'm going to go under again without so many opt-outs, especially I think Tennessee's offense will be you know suppressed as far as their scoring without Hooker, without the, their two best wide receivers. So there's that. Klubnik. Still be his first start. I mean, I, I'm, I don't think there's a downgrade from him to Uyunglele, but, I mean, still first start for him against an SEC defense. Under for me. And quickly, what has happened to the Orange Bowl, man? I grew up, the Orange Bowl was big time. I mean, you had, like, it was Miami, Florida State against, like, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Don Cricky on the call, or, or uh, I mean, it was big time football, and now it's just an afterthought. Yeah, USC beat Iowa, I think, in their last They did, 37-17. There you go. That was, uh, right before they won the title the next year, that was uh, Carson Palmer's final game. Watched it. Remember it well. Gosh, Brad Powers, what an encyclopedia. Got to love the guy. Uh, Iowa, as we get to uh, the December 31st games, there's going to be four games. There'll be two games prior to the two playoff games. That'll be the Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee, with Iowa against Kentucky. That should be one to where first team to score wins. And the <laughs> second game will be the Sugar Bowl, another major bowl throughout our lives. Kansas State and Alabama. That should be a fun one from New Orleans, from the Superdome. And then we get into the two playoff games in Georgia at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Major advantage there, Georgia, minus 6.5 against Ohio State. Buckeyes in there with USC floundering in the Pac-12 championship game. And then TCU and Michigan. That game will be at the uh, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, the Fiesta Bowl. So let's start it out with Iowa and Kentucky. Uh, We know that Levis is on the move. And I heard nothing but good things as far as from pro scouts on oh Levis. Uh, Do they watch was, tape? Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm, I wanted to get your take on that. Uh, also, no Chris Rodriguez, no Cavassier Smoke. Uh, Jatan McLean, I guess, will get the uh, start there in the backfield for Coach Stoops and the Wildcats. Still have some good receivers in Brown and Key. Didn't know if Tavion Robinson was going to be able to go. He still was a little bit banged up. Uh, pretty good linebackers in Jackson and Wright combining for 114 tackles. They were minus 23 in the sack department. That is so concerning there. They only had 19. They gave up 42 sacks on the year Kentucky's offensive line did. Meanwhile, for Iowa, this was a team, if you watch them, their offense could make paint dry. There's no question. And uh, now looking at backup quarterbacks with Spencer Petras out and Alex Padilla in the transfer portal, my goodness, going to be ugly as far as offense in this one. That's why the total in this Music City Bowl, sitting at 31.5. Iowa is a two-and-a-half point favorite under Coach Ferentz. Your take on this one as Mark Stoops and, uh, and, and Kirk Ferentz go at it in the Music City Bowl from Nashville. I'm going to go over, believe it or not. I just think you get to a point of no return with totals, and you need perfection to go under a total like this. You can't have turnovers uh, setting up short fields. But that's what backup quarterbacks do. They turn the football over. So similar to Army, Navy a little bit, uh, just totals too low. You need perfection. you got to pray for no overtime and stuff like that. So lean over. But generally speaking, with so many opt-outs, folks, you don't have to bet every bowl game. All right. So uh, we'll keep an eye on 
the backfield, Caleb Johnson, LaShawn Williams, eight touchdowns on the ground over 1,100 yards. Sounds like you like Iowa a little bit. Well, no, I'm just – you know what? I, I, liked, I like the coach, but I like Mark Stoops as well. Yeah. I think Mark Stoops is a very underrated coach, and now, of course, not as underrated as they're uh, shelling out some big bucks to keep him around. Uh, Regani, a pretty good receiver, and then tight end Luke Latchy had three touchdowns and 25 receptions there for Iowa. So they lose Laporta, but they have uh, Latchy, who's pretty good. And then, uh, you know, a couple guys on the defense. Is Jack Campbell playing in the game? Yeah. He is solid. 118 tackles. Seth Benson also senior linebacker, 87 tackles. Good one-two punch. Something about Iowa. They always put out some good, solid linebackers. Josie Jewell and some of those guys do enjoy uh, watching Iowa's defense. That's where they excel on that side of the ball. And the total tells you that's where they're looking for both teams to excel. 31-and-a-half is your total. Uh, When we come back, we'll get with Kansas State and Alabama. Then we'll hit Ohio State, Georgia, TCU, Michigan, and then we'll jump into the games for January 2nd, Mississippi State, Illinois, Tulane, USC, Purdue, LSU, Utah, and Penn State, and then we'll hit the NFL. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers as we rock and roll. BP, real quick, your take. uh, Jets, are they done after that game last night? They're done. I mean, you lose back-to-back home games uh, in must-win situations against the Lions and the Jacks. Two games you should have won. You're favored in both. You're out. Zach Wilson, is he done as far He's as done being as on well. the roster? He's done as well, yep. He's a backup quarterback from this point forward in the NFL. Man, I'll tell Year you. two, already done. Yeah, that is tough to watch. Uh, that Jets offense got three on the board, their very first drive after the turnover by Lawrence, but that was it. That's all they got. This segment in the books. Keep it here. We'll come back. Again, the archive's up by 11 o'clock. Go back and listen. And uh, Brad Powers, I'm sure there's some winners in there based on these bowl games that he's breaking down for you. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. SportsX Radio, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, producer Mark Hope. We'll be right back. For those easy top, bringing us back Friday football fiasco, hour number two, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, fr- final Friday football fiasco of the year and uh, really appreciate Brad taking time out. His schedule is so hectic. That's why we tape on Friday mornings in order to get Brad and uh, really appreciate him taking time out. And also producer Mark Hoke, who uh, works the night shift and then, you know, coming back early in the morning. I know that wasn't easy for Hoke, especially if you, uh, if you saw his face half the mornings that he gets in here, you know that he's not happy being here, but at the end of the day, you know, he's making all that money from playing Brad Powers' picks, so it's all worked out. It is a wash, no question. All right, as we pick things up here, Friday football fiasco, we're on New Year's Day. We started off with Kansas State and Alabama. This is actually the second game we talked about, the Iowa-Kentucky game. This game should be a lot more exciting. It is in New Orleans. It's just it's the Sugar Bowl. Bama is minus six, total of 56. Now, Bama does have a few guys that uh, will be opting out, a couple receivers in Holden. And JoJo Earl, also Christian Leary, uh, running back Trey Sanders, a backup. And uh, offensive guard uh, Cohen is, uh, well, that's a, it's saying he's off to TCU. So uh, that's one also that Coach Saban has lost. For Kansas State, Adrian Martinez has been banged up. Going to try and give it a go, I guess, according to Brad. He'll let me know on that. But Malik Knowles, I believe, will be uh, out of this game. Solid receiver and also a solid kickoff and punt returner there for Kansas State. Under uh, Coach Kleeman, this is going to be a fun one because Kansas State really flexed their muscles against TCU in that Big 12 championship game. Alabama is minus 656. And, you know, if they didn't lose that second game to LSU, there's no doubt that Bama would probably be one of those four teams in the playoff. Uh, Bryce Young, 
going to play in this game. And that's the cool thing for Coach Saban. A lot of their guys, even guys that have NFL talent, say they're going to play in this game. Brad, how big is that for Bama? That's huge. Bryce Young, Anderson, and Will Anderson's going to play as well. Uh, I kind of like the Alabama even if they weren't playing. So obviously I like them even more when they are. Uh, look, I think Kansas State will be sky high. I think they'll play an A, a game. Bama might not be sky high, maybe play a B game. I'm here to tell you because of the talent disparity, because of the matchups, and Kansas State's not a team like Tennessee's offense that's going to you know, make Alabama play in space. I just like I like this one for the, the Crimson Tide. A lot of people are against me here. Uh, I think they they win comfortably. Yeah, I, I've got Bama as well. Uh, Gibbs doing a real nice job. The transfer from Georgia Tech. McClellan also in the backfield. Brooks and Burton, uh, decent job receiving the ball. You don't have the household names from the receiving core that you've had the last few years there for Coach Saban. Will Anderson Jr. finished the year with 10 sacks, 17 tackles for loss. Uh, surprising that Bama, minus four in the turnover department. Very rarely uh, yep. Saban's teams will be uh, – giving it away more than they take it away. Adrian Martinez, if he can't go, you got to give credit to Will Howard. What a job he's done. 15 touchdown passes, uh, two interceptions. He's rushed for three more. Combination of Vaughn and Giddens in the backfield, very solid. And then Brooks, Cade Warner, uh, Kurt's kid, and uh, Ben Sinat, good solid tight end. Plenty of receiving there. Anaduko Uzoma, defensive end, 44 tackles, eight and a half sacks. Uh, defensive end Brendan Mott also had six sacks. And a senior cornerback, Julius Brents, four interceptions, leads the way there. Junior linebacker Austin Moore led Kansas State as far as 85 tackles. 56 of those were solo. So we'll see how this one pans out again. Bama minus six, 56 your total. That brings us to the first of two playoff games, and that'll be Ohio State and Georgia. And this game, again, will be in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And I'm looking forward to this game because I want to see if Ohio State getting the second lease on life, if they're good enough. Again, their schedule was not difficult, and they got dominated by Michigan. So I, I just don't know. Half. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, Michigan finding out something uh, that worked, and they went over the top and were able to throw on that secondary for Ohio State, who was pretty much looking at Michigan to run the ball and be conservative. We know that Jackson Smith and Jigba is out. We heard that from Brad, uh, who got that from somebody weeks and weeks ago. Travion Henderson out injury-wise. Mayan Williams, is he out as well, Brad? Mayan Williams is going to try to play. Okay, that's what I heard is Mayan Williams will yep. try and go. Uh, Chip Trainum also played in the last game, had 14 of his 15 carries on the year and had a pretty good game in the uh, loss to Michigan. Egbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, tight end Cade Stover. Is Harrison Jr. playing? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I thought he was. I, somebody had mentioned that they, they got an alert saying he wasn't playing. I said, well, I don't, I don't understand why not if he's, if he's not hurt. Eichenberg, outstanding year, 112 tackles, 12 tackles for loss. A uh, very, very solid player on the defensive side of the ball. Ransom, pretty good job from his safety position. Uh, McAllister had three interceptions. And Steel Chambers, 69 tackles as well for the Buckeyes. For Georgia, uh, Stetson Bennett was there in New York, and rightly so. I mean, not the flashy statistics uh, that some of the other quarterbacks had, but still very consistent. And this guy just keeps on winning. Uh, rushed for seven touchdowns, threw for 20. Has McIntosh, who's an excellent receiver out of the backfield, but Edwards, Milton, and McIntosh, these guys, you know, combining for 1,900 yards and 23 touchdowns. Lad McConkey is a go-to guy from the wide receiver position and then one of the best tight ends in college football. And Brock Bowers, uh, you know, he rushed for three touchdowns and then combined with McConkey for 11 touchdowns via the airwaves. 
We've got Mondin and Dumas Johnson, outstanding job from their linebacker positions, both guys with 64 tackles. Starks had a couple interceptions from his safety position, and Christopher, Christopher Smith also three interceptions leading the way for Georgia. And, Brad, I remember telling you one time, uh, I'd say it's about eight games into this season, maybe seven or eight games into the season, I said, can you believe Georgia only has seven sacks? They've given up seven, they have seven. Yep. At the end of the year, Georgia has 26 sacks. They still have only given up seven. So Stetson Bennett not been put on his wallet in his last several games. In this one, Georgia minus six and a half. It's under a touchdown, 62. I took the Buckeyes on an alternate line plus seven and a half. Brad, who wins this game because the game's in Atlanta? And how big is that crowd discrepancy? Uh, it'll be, I mean, you got to give Georgia at least a point of home field advantage. They'll have a slight crowd edge. Buckeyes will bring some fans, but it's more, this is the third game already inside that stadium this season for Georgia. So that I think is an advantage. You just know that, you know, the trip, you know, what hotel you're staying at, you know, all that stuff. Uh, big reason why, uh, you know, Georgia in the sack department really picked it up. Jalen Carter got healthy and Jalen Carter's the best defense alignment in college football, uh, I bet Ohio State. I took seven on that opening Sunday. I'd still lean them plus six and a half. I don't know. Just something tells me that, you know, with that second lease on life, they'll play with a chip on their shoulder. I, there's too many people saying Georgia's going to crush them. Kind of reminds me of that semifinal that Ohio State beat Alabama outright. Reminds me of the semifinal that Ohio State was a touchdown underdog just a couple of years ago and beat Clemson outright when no one gave them a chance. So I just, you know, I think Ohio State's going to play their best game of the season. They're going to have to. I just like them plus six and a half. All right, so that's the first of two in rotation order. It'll be the late game as far as the uh, two playoff games. The earlier game will be from the Fiesta Bowl, Glendale, Arizona. That'll be TCU and Michigan. Michigan minus seven and a half, total of 58 and a half in this game. And Max Duggan, he was one of the guys there in New York as well. Up for the Heisman, what an incredible year. He had 30 touchdown passes, just four interceptions, rushed for six more uh, that hit pay dirt over 400 yards there. Great combination of Kendra Miller and DiMercato in the backfield. Over 1,700 yards between those two. 22 touchdowns. Miller, the workhorse. Quentin Johnson, he missed some time wide receiver-wise. Uh, Tay Barber stepping up. Darius Davis as well. Uh, Savion Williams, good solid tight end. And Wiley, uh, two linebackers in Hodges and Hodge combining for 146 tackles. Also, senior linebacker D. Winters, seven and a half sacks. Very solid and consistent. Mark Perry, excellent job from his safety position as well for the Horned Frogs, who scored 40 points per game. They were plus nine in that turnover department, only gave it away 10 times, took back 19, plus three in the sack department. Meanwhile, for Michigan, they're sky high after uh, taking care of Ohio State in Columbus and did it without Blake Corum, uh, who got banged up. But this young man, 1,463 yards on the ground, 18 touchdowns, was surprised he didn't get a call to New York. Edwards, Stokes, those guys picking it up, especially Donovan Edwards, 872 and seven touchdowns. Ronnie Bell, very consistent. He and senior Cornelius Johnson, uh, 86 receptions between those two guys, over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. Roman Wilson missed a couple games, still three touchdowns. Schoonmaker stepping in nicely as a tight end. Eric All has transferred to Iowa since then. Uh, freshman tight end Loveland probably misses this one. He's still banged up. Defensively, junior Colson, 95 tackles, leads away. Senior defensive end Mike Morris, seven and a half sacks. Look, this is a good, solid squad Michigan's gotten. Moore and Johnson, three interceptions each. They lead the way. They were plus eight in the turnover department, but plus 23 in the sack department. Very impressive for the Maize and Blue. Minus seven and a half, 58 and a half. BP, again, I'm concerned after watching Baylor. I did take a shot at TCU, and I know a lot oh, of people did. like Michigan. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think TCU's overrated. I just, I really do, and I've said that almost all season. I get it. They overachieved it week in and week out until finally Kansas State got the best of them. I just worry about TCU up front late in the game at Michigan offensive line, the best in the country, leaning on them a little bit, unlike any other team that they faced so far this season. Give me the Wolverines. All right. Uh, no way for me to get off that game either, right? You expect that line to go up, Michigan? That's a great question. The line movements actually surprised me. Early money's been on TCU. I laid seven at Circus. A seven popped. I took advantage. All right. So I got the seven. I know, it's and kind half, of in a dead zone. I don't at. know. Yeah, yeah I don't it's know, seven KT. And a half right now. All right. So I'll just uh, I'll just stand pat there and uh, hope Michigan wins by seven or less. Uh, we'll see if the, I'll be rooting for the Horn Frogs, though. I enjoy that team. And Sonny Dykes, what an incredible year he has had. Let's move to the January 2nd games. Uh, you'll have the Sunday NFL. And then on Monday, you've got four games. It is Mississippi State and Illinois. And a good, solid job by Bielema, who's got a contract extension now. Uh, Tommy DeVito should be ready to go. He's hoping Chase Brown can play in this game. Over 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns, uh, a little bit banged up. Isaiah Williams doing a nice job. He and Pat Bryant, Brian uh, Hightower, also doing a good job receiving the ball. And Brad will update me on some of these guys that may be opting out. Mississippi State, uh, Rodgers was their quarterback. I know one of their running backs is out, but Jaquavius Marks looking to go. He had nine touchdowns. Dylan Johnson hits that transfer portal uh, from what I saw there as far as Mississippi State. Yep. Uh, Watson and Johnson, Nathaniel Watson, Jet Johnson, both these guys over 100 tackles leading the way for Mississippi State's defense. Senior linebacker Tyrus Wheats, six sacks on the year. And again, this is an emotional game. There's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of dissension kind of with the Mississippi State locker room. And then the sudden passing of Mike Leach. So you had some guys backtracking and not throwing their coach into the trash. Dylan Johnson was one that did that prior to his transferring. Uh, Talk to me in this game, Mississippi State, Illinois, and uh, back, Brad, you have backtracked as well. Right now it's Illinois, pick them, 46. Uh, initially you like the Illini, but with all the uh, uh, you know things that have gone down with Leach passing away, uh, you turned away from that Illinois pick and went back. I did. Uh, liked Illinois quite a bit. I uh, thought I had a good value pick, thought Illinois was going to close like a three-point favorite, so took advantage early. But everything in the last 10 days is screaming Mississippi State. Number one, you mentioned the locker room. Dissension, now not so much dissension. Probably rally more than anything. Illinois has lost their two best defensive backs. We are talking two NFL-caliber guys. They lost their defensive coordinator, who's off to becoming the Purdue head coach. And I'm hearing rumors that Chase Brown might opt out. Some of the other players. Biggest bowl game in 15 years for Illinois? Nah, opt out. Might get hurt. Can't play. I will say this. Illinois got jobbed in the game. Against Michigan. Michigan. Oh, yep. my God. I mean, yeah. when you look at that game, the defense that was played there by Bielema's guys and and uh, Brown playing his game, uh, again, they, they got job down the stretch there. And uh, Michigan, you know what? They took advantage of it, and they really dominated Ohio State in that Big Ten championship game, Lucas Oil, in the second half. All right, ducking one more before we go to break. Then we'll have two college games. We'll hit all the NFL in the final segment, SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco. Let's go right to it with Tulane and USC, KT's Trojans. Never thought they'd be playing Tulane in a bowl game. It's the Cotton Bowl from Arlington, Texas, and it is uh, right now Southern Cal minus two, total of 62. Caleb Williams says he's going to try and go. He was trending that he felt like he may be able to go by January the 2nd. If not, Miller Moss would have to go. He only threw 14 passes this year. Uh, Backfield, we know Travis Dye is out, but I like what I saw from Austin Jones. This will be his final game, the senior. Relique Brown, Darwin Barlow also will see action. Uh, Receiving-wise, we know Addison is out for this game. 
uh, getting ready for the NFL, but you have Taj Washington. Uh, didn't know if Mario Williams was going to go. Brendan Rice, Kyle Fuller, all those guys pretty consistent when they're on the field. Shane Lee, good job from his inside linebacker position, as well as Max Williams, uh, Tui Peloto. 12 and a half sacks for Southern Cal and Bullock. Five interceptions to lead that defense for Tulane. Michael Pratt says he's coming back next year uh, from what I read. Had a nice year this year. Tajay Spears, how about 15 touchdowns over 1,300 yards? And then Shea Wyatt and Deuce Watts. Pretty dynamic combination there. Receiving the football, 15 touchdowns. James, the tight end, five uh, receptions for touchdowns from his tight end position. Williams and Anderson, both over 100 tackles to lead the Green Wave defense. And Larry Brooks, also 84 tackles, two interceptions from his safety position. Nice job by Tulane, USC in the game, Brad. It is USC minus two, total of 62. Believe it or not, I bet USC. Market sometimes gets too cute. Numbers seem short. Oh, you got to take Tulane. Market's telling you something. I actually think Caleb Williams is going to play. And if he plays, we're not sitting here uh, talking about two-and-a-half-point spread when it's all said and done. So give me the Trojans. All right, there you go. When we come back, we wrap it up as far as on the college gridiron. We will have Purdue and LSU. That'll be the Citrus Bowl. And then Utah and Penn State, the Rose Bowl, the big daddy of them all. And then we will hit the NFL slate for Sunday and Monday. It is SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7, at Ken Thompson 87, at SportsX Radio, live from Vegas, live PSBR Law Studios. We'll be right back. telling you, man, we can be, Marco, my producer, no question. Soon South Dakota State beats North Dakota State, I'll be your best buddy, man, no question. I'll be taking you to dinner. I already owe you dinner at Steiner's Pub. By the way, folks, meet me out at Steiner's Pub. Come on there and hang out on a Wednesday night. You can catch me at 1750 North Buffalo, 103 in the Vegas Valley to serve you. Great food, 24-hour establishment, great spirits, but more importantly, outstanding service. So come on by, watch Mark Hoke. He's going to have a, a feast, to say the least. Uh, at the expense of KT from an earlier bet this year as far as the Raiders. I thought they'd get to 11 wins. That didn't pan out. They'll be lucky if they can get to nine wins, if they can close out with three straight wins uh, to end the season. they got a big game against Pittsburgh coming up on Christmas Eve, Devontae Adams' birthday. We'll get to that in a sec. But, Brad Powers, you were just talking about Chad Brown, outstanding running back for Illinois. Again, we're taping here on Friday morning, the 23rd. Lo and behold, you just got an alert. Yeah, Chase Brown's going to declare for the NFL draft and sit out the bowl game. So I think if you're listening to this now, Mississippi State, I think, is a a pretty good play to make right now. They're going to close favorite. All right, good stuff. So get on that. Uh, Again, line will probably change by tonight when the show airs. Uh, The archive will be up by 11 o'clock, but still uh, some value there as far as Mississippi State, the passing of Mike Leach, tragic as it is. Uh, Sometimes uh, things like that really bond a team together. Purdue and LSU Citrus Bowl. Right now, LSU minus 14 and a half. Uh, Daniels, the quarterback, saying he will be back next year for Brian Kelly. 56 is your total there. A lot of guys opting out in this one, especially for Purdue. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell. You got your tight end, Payne Durham, who had eight touchdown receptions. And their best receiver, Charlie Jones, 12 TD receptions. Uh, King Doro is still banged up. He's missed a bunch of games there. And uh, you've got other players opting out as well for LSU. But really... 
uh, one-sided, I feel, as far as Purdue yeah. really missing a lot of key players, including their quarterback, O'Connell, who was dealing with the tragic death of his brother uh, just a few weeks back as well. Again, LSU minus 14.5, total 56 from Orlando in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, I think a lot of the opt-outs for uh, the, the, as far as the side has been priced in. You could have gotten LSU 6.5-7 early in the process. Now they're laying more than 14. So what do you do now? I think you go under. I mean, I, I think Purdue's offense is completely compromised. I don't expect them to have too much success. Game plan will be vanilla. LSU and Brian Kelly know they have the superior team here. Uh, I mean, I could see a game that's you know similar to 31, you know, 16 type of game, so under for me. All right, so Austin Burton could uh, potentially go there. He's in his sixth year at quarterback. Alemo uh, and Allen. Drew Brees got coach for Purdue. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, he's got a lot to uh, – deal with over there. Ma could be pretty good on the ground with nine touchdowns. Sheffield and Rice, uh, those guys looking like they could play there for Purdue. Meanwhile, for LSU, is Jaden Daniels going to play this game? Yeah, he's going to play. He's going to play. Okay, so Nussmeyer uh, will continue to back up. And then Williams, Kane, and Emery, over 1,200 yards, 19 touchdowns for these Bayou Bengals. And then Neighbors and Butte. Butte says he will be back next year. So interesting there. Brian Kelly's got a bunch of uh, senior-laden guys coming back next year. Last game is the Rose Bowl, daddy of them all. Whittingham going up against Franklin. Utah against Penn State. Right now the Utes minus 2.5, total 52. Cam Rising will play. Uh, we know Tavion Thomas has hit the transfer portal. Uh, both Keithy and Kincaid still out for Utah receiving-wise, so it puts pressure on Vele and Parks. Uh, Bernard Jackson and Glover, though, in the backfield, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of running there, mixing it up maybe with some Cam Rising runs as well. Reed and Diabate combining for 120 tackles from their linebacker position. Of course, Diabate transferring from uh, Florida, doing a pretty good job. And then Bishop and Hubert, 152 tackles, the two safeties there for Utah. But they're missing Phillips. Uh, that's a, a big loss there for the oh, Utes. Yeah. Uh, Penn State, Sean Clifford. He'll lead the way through for 22, rush for five more, and a great combination, Singleton and Allen on the ground, 19 touchdowns there. Parker Washington is out, but Tinsley's pretty good. Strange and Johnson, solid tight ends. And then Jair Brown, the safety, three interceptions, 67 tackles, 51 of those solo. Joey Porter Jr. has also opted out. Uh, but Penn State in the game right now, catching two and a half, 52, Brad, and that's the way you're leaning, is it not? Not just leaning. I like Penn State here. I like Penn State outright. Uh, I know Utah. There'll be a lot of momentum, excitement. They want to win. They got to the Rose Bowl last year. Now this year it's about winning it. But I just think Penn State's better. I love their two freshman running backs, led by Singleton. I just think they're more talented. They'll take advantage of, you know, obviously Phillips being out and then Keithy and Kincaid being out just decimates that the balance of that Utah offense. So Penn State for me, outright. Yeah, there's no doubt that when Keithy went out, Kincaid really picked up his game, the youngster yep. out of Faith Lutheran here in Las Vegas. All right, let's jump to the NFL. Got a bunch of games to get to, and there's some important games in the NFL as well. Do want to update. They're Chase. all important. Yeah, well, you know, not for not all of them. Uh, that, <laughs> that Rams-Denver game, not going to be so important. But uh, Commanders uh, with Chase Young, he's finally off the injury list and will be activated against the 49ers. We'll see how... Uh, potent he is as far as from his pass rushing position. Jalen Hurts will sit out. Gardner Minshew will start for the Eagles. Matt Ryan benched. Nick Foles will get to start Monday against the Chargers. And, of course, uh, we had a couple passings. Franco Harris, Hall of Fame running back, passing away at 72. And young man Ronnie Hillman, just 31 years old, dies of cancer just yesterday. Wow. Part of the Super Bowl 50 team there for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Brad, I know you weren't around when Franco Harris was running that ball, but you grew up in Ohio and you know all about Franco Harris, who was actually the blocking back at Penn State for Lydell Mitchell. What a great combination that was for Coach Paterno, but Harris was still pretty solid in his own right. Uh, kind of, you know, put it into words what uh, Franco Harris meant to those 
especially folks like your dad that grew up in that era? I mean, it's significant, as big of an icon for that generation as anybody. I mean, if you don't think Franco Harris means anything to Pittsburgh and, and it won't be remembered, you get off the airport at Pittsburgh, and, and there's a statue of Franco Harris right there, right smack in front of you. So significant loss. No doubt. Talked to Roberto Clemente Jr. the other night, and he said same thing. I mean, humanitarian, his dad, they give out the award in baseball. But if there's a humanitarian award there in football, Franco Harris would be one that they could name it after, no question about it. All right, Giants and Vikings. This is a big one. Vikings come back from 33 nothing down against the Colts, and the Giants very impressive in their win against Washington. Daniel Jones not flashy. Somehow, some way, that offense gets enough points. Receiving core has been you know, gutted pretty much throughout the season. But Kayvon Thibodeau is really paying dividends on defense. I like the way this Giant D is playing. It's a tough game, Brad. 48-and-a-half is a high total, but both defense re- both defenses really struggling despite you know some lower-scoring games. They are getting gashed. What about Vikings minus four total, 48-and-a-half from Minnesota? Yeah, I just got text alert to go over the total from uh, one of our guys. So uh, I- I'm not going to bet it. I, think they're bo- I want to fade both teams. I think they're both extremely overrated, so it's a pass for me. All right, Saints and Browns. Browns minus three coming off the home win against Baltimore. 32-year total. Uh, look, uh, it is what it is, but Deshaun Watson starting to play a little bit better, starting to get acclimated now and uh, step in and, and, and make some plays. Cleveland came up with an ugly 13-3 win, but their defense played well, and we know the running game is solid. Uh, Chubb and Hunt, that one-two punch is still pretty good, although you know Chubb has been held down over the last couple of games. Kamara kind of can't get out of his own way there for New Orleans, and that offense is anemic at times as well. And uh, Dennis Allen, in his first year, really struggling with this team. Uh, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael as well. In the game, Jameis Winston has yet to uh, get in there, and that's the surprise with, uh, you know, just Andy Dalton being that guy. It is right now. Browns minus 332 from Cleveland, and you are going to have some nasty weather there. Yep. That's why that total is so low. But this wind could be 30 miles an hour throughout the game. Yeah, I think it impacts New Orleans more. If it comes down to line of scrimmage, I think Cleveland's better at the line of scrimmage. It could be a very similar type of game that they just won over Baltimore. Meanwhile, Lions are at the Panthers, and the Lions looking to go over 500. They've gotten even at 7-7. Seven and seven. They are minus 2.5, total 43.5. I had the Panthers last week against the Steelers, and I was surprised that Pittsburgh was able to go in there and hold the lead pretty much the entire game. They jumped on uh, Carolina early, and Sam Darnold not able to muster the offense uh, and, and put enough points on the board. So we'll see if they can get it together here. It's a team that, if you look at their depth chart compared to what it was at the beginning of the year, can't even recognize half the players there for Carolina. Detroit, just a fun story. I'm on Ross St. Brown playing at a very high level right now. Uh, DeAndre Swift trying to pick it up. Jamal Williams uh, doing a nice job, especially hitting pay dirt. Jared Goff, uh, comeback player of the year. Yes, he definitely could be in the mix for that conversation, no question about it. Defensively, Detroit, not great, but doing enough to uh, get by when it counts in the game. Lions minus 2.5, total 43.5 from Carolina. Matisse Carolina through 3-7 and seven with a low total. Uh, Detroit not accustomed to being a road favorite. First time that's happened this year, so teaser on the Panthers for me. There you go. All right, by the way, uh, the last four Minnesota Viking games have gone over. The last four Cleveland Browns games have gone under. last three Saints games as well have gone under. And, of course, Detroit has won seven straight against the spread, three straight, straight up. 
Cincinnati, well, they've won six in a row, six in a row against the number as well. You're betting the Bengals. You're making some good money. Great comeback last week. Spotted Tampa Bay a 17-0 lead and then came back and just dominated. Took the ball away just about every possession from the Buccaneers in the second half. And uh, what can you say about Joe Burrow? He just continues to lead this team. Got to the Super Bowl last year. They're looking to get back there and get another crack at it. Bengals minus three and minus 115 at the Westgate Superbook. 41.5 is your total. And it's a Patriots team that's still wondering what Jacoby oh. Myers was doing. Uh, first off, you know, Stevenson throwing it back to Myers, but then Myers throwing it cross field and Chandler Jones intercepting it, taking it to the house right here down the street at Allegiant Stadium. I don't know how you shake that one off, but the Patriots will try and do it in Foxborough. They're still alive in the playoff hunt, uh, sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. Bengals, though, minus 3, 41.5. They have Buffalo on deck in Cincy next yeah. Monday night. If they can run the table... The Bengals could find themselves the number one seed. They would in the be AFC. the number That's one right. seed they because would. they don't tiebreakers over the Against Chiefs and the Bills. Right. So they'll be motivated. I, I'm waiting for a three and a half to show. That's what I need here to bet New England. Right now, it's a pass for me. All right, the Bills and the Bears. Another one where there's going to be nasty winds, 25 miles an hour, uh, right around there throughout the game. Yep. Soldier Field. Bills minus eight. Total of 40. Look, Devin Singletary has run the ball okay. He and James Cook. They have Niam Hines as well. Uh, but, you know, when you have the wind, you'll have to find out, uh, you know, when that is. We'll see if Josh Allen and the offense can get things going. Buffalo, very fortunate at home to get past Miami last week and hold on to that home field advantage. But as we said, they go to Cincinnati next Monday. But they got to take care of business here because they got to realize they're playing the number one rushing team in the league. And that's impressive. And that's because Justin Fields is that quarterback that continues to just pick him up, put him down. It's a fun Bears team to watch. There's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of optimism there in the Windy City. What about it? They're plus eight, total of 40 against the Bills. I'm not going to lay the points, but tough for me to take the points, too, because I could see the Bills winning this one right around seven to ten points. Well, low total. I mean, tease Buffalo down to two, KT, if you think they'll win. Uh, yeah, I think with the I think the adjustment for the weather, obviously suppressing the total and the line coming down on the side, I think that's the way to go here, Buffalo in a teaser. Texans and Titans from Tennessee in Nashville and the Titans getting drilled last week from Jacksonville at home. They'll try and get it against the Texans. Now Texans have played two stellar games in a row. They lost them both in Dallas, a game they probably should have won. Couldn't score inside the five after a turnover. And then last week pretty much led the whole way in Kansas city, come up short in both games cover easily. Now here it's a short spread. Tennessee is minus three, minus minus one twenty at the Westgate Superbook, 35 year total. And because it's such a low line, I want to go with Tennessee because of Derrick Henry, who usually has big games against Houston. Uh, Ryan Tannehill we know is out, so Malik Willis, who's had trouble finding receivers wearing Tennessee uniforms. Uh, So I'm going to stay away from this game, Brad. But I've heard some sharp guys saying the line is too low. Take advantage of Tennessee. Vrabel will have them ready and out coach Lovey Smith. What's your take? Yeah, I could see at the current line I would lean Tennessee. But a lot of sharp guys I trust were in front of the line movement were taking Houston earlier this week. Plus seven they got. Wow. All right. Good stuff there. Speaking of uh, those Kansas City Chiefs, they are at home, minus 10, just waiting for Buffalo to flounder. They figure they're going to be able to run the table. They're minus 10 at Arrowhead against Seattle, and Pete Carroll Seahawks falling on hard times. Geno Smith and company are hurting, and now Tyler Lockett out for this one. This does not bode well for the Seahawks. I think Kansas City is going to roll in this game. I mean, 
I'm not into seven-point teasers, but you might be able to find, you know, two other teams to where you're still going to get a little plus big if you want to do a seven-point teaser because otherwise they charge you 140, 150 uh, for those seven-point teasers. So KC at home, minus 10, 49 and a half against the Seahawks. Where are you on this? I lean Seattle. I don't want to lay 10 with, with the weather being an issue. All right, we got to go at a fast pace. Didn't realize I was down to just three minutes. Falcons, Ravens, Ravens at home, minus six and a half. No Lamar Jackson, 34 and a half against the Falcons, who will go with Des Ritter again. Baltimore in a teaser for me. Commanders at 49ers. We talked about Chase Young being back, but the Niners down to six and a half. Look, that defense is still good enough. I know the Commanders have a decent defense themselves. They'll look to pressure Brock Purdy, but I'm going to play. I already did play the Niners minus seven. I'll play them again minus six and a half, total 37 and a half from San Fran. And no wind, no bad weather up there at Levi Stadium. Yep, no weather here. I'm a lean San Fran. Philadelphia at Dallas. We know Gardner Minshew will get the start there. It's uh, the next to last game there on Saturday, Christmas Eve. Cowboys minus four and a half, total 47. I like the Eagles. I think the Eagles got a shot to win this game. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys right now, they just don't look sharp. And I think with no pressure, I think Philly takes care of business. Lean Philly. Late game Raiders and Steelers. Steelers minus 238. Look, Devontae Adams' birthday. Reason enough for KT to trump the Franco Harris card. I'm going to go with the Raiders to uh, get back at the Steelers on Christmas Eve and avenge that immaculate reception game from way back 50 years ago. I like Pittsburgh. I thought you did. Green Bay and the Dolphins is a big one for KT. Down to three and a half, two in the boys, 50-year total. Look, I know Green Bay is still alive, but the Dolphins playing well enough in Buffalo will have some confidence. They're also... Uh, well-rested for this game. They take care of business here. I think they roll by a touchdown plus. Total is 50. I like Miami big time in this game over Aaron Rodgers in the pack. Lean Miami. Broncos, Rams, not even going to discuss it more than 10 seconds. Broncos minus 2.5, minus 120, 36.5 from L.A. at SoFi. Should be uh, probably 90% Bronco fans. Low total, teasing Rams to 8.5. Buccaneers and Brady, minus 7.5 in Arizona. That'll be the late game on Christmas Christmas night. Another one that looked good on paper. Buccaneers still alive, though, in the NFC South. I'm not going to touch the game the way they fell apart last week, but the Cardinals are a train wreck, to say the least. Uh, Tampa Bay, second half of the teaser with the Rams on Christmas Day. Last game Monday, got the Colts. 45.5 sure total. They're in Indy against the Chargers. 4.5 Chargers are laying. I like Keenan uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams together. There for Herbert and Eckler doing a great job. I'll take the Chargers. I'll lay the points against Nick Foles and those Colts. I'm going to lean with the Chargers here. Uh, The Foles, maybe they get an upgrade for a half, a bump there, but uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. Off two big wins for them. That'll do it. Friday football fiasco. Thanks to producer Mark Hoke. Thanks to Brad Powers. And thanks to you, the listeners. Appreciate you folks. Archives will be up by 11 o'clock. You know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. I'm Ken Thompson. Have a great Christmas. Talk to you next week. God bless. Good night, everybody.